your podcast home for all things coastal athletics. This is The Shot Pod. Now here's your host, Sam Wiederhaft. Chanticleers are becoming America's team. 43-21 win for Coastal Carolina football on Friday over Campbell on ESPN, a nationwide audience. The first 2-0 start since 2016 and another nationally broadcasted game scheduled for October 3rd. It was just announced earlier this week, going to be against Arkansas State, the first Sunbelt matchup for the Shots this season, and it's being put on ESPN 2 at noon. Another exciting time for Teal Nation, the third straight nationally broadcasted game for the Chanticleer football team. I'm Sam Wiederhaft, your host here on the Shant Pod. We'll recap some games that happened this past week. Real quick, we have an interview to get to. Our guest this week is a former Coastal softball player, now the Associate Athletic Director and Senior Woman Administrator, Carrie Rosick. We talked about some community outreach programs, including a partnership getting student-athletes to register to vote. So that's an exciting conversation. We'll have that a little bit later. But first, a week full of games put in the win column for Coastal Athletics, and it started on Friday night in front of fans. Up to 5,000 fans allowed at Brooks Stadium on Friday night to watch the Chanticleers roll over Campbell, a team that only lost to Georgia Southern, a fellow Sunbelt member team, by one point the week before. Ended up failing on a two-point conversion, but the Coastal offense scores on six of their ten offensive drives. They total 466 yards of total offense, and Grayson McCall. You keep hearing that name, and it's for good reason. He goes 11 for 16 with 273 yards, two passing touchdowns, including this 57-yard touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely. Coastal starts at the 43 officially is where they mark down Javon Hiley. Here's the fake handoff and the little wheel coming near side. He's got Isaiah Likely. Look out, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 57 yards, and the shot of clears are on the board again. McCall will also rush for 22 more yards. He had a total quarterback rating of 94.9, and with that number, Pro Football Focus has him ranked second in the country behind the Heisman candidate Trevor Lawrence. So Grayson McCall getting some national accolades for his performance here early in the season. The running attack was alive and well with C.J. Marable going into the end zone twice. Second down. Fake on the handoff up the middle. Oh, Marable left side, and he will cruise into the end zone. Touchdown, Shauna Clear. CJ's second touchdown tonight. Perfect execution. Fake the dive. Hit the pitch man going left, and that's an easy six. Shamari Jones and Reese White also picking up touchdowns on the ground as well. Linebacker Silas Kelly was named the Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Week after leading the team with eight total tackles. He also had two sacks on Friday night. He's made a spectacular return to the Chanticleers after missing 10 games last year because of an injury. So it's exciting to see him back on the field with the defense this season. Coastal did receive their first ever vote in the AP Top 25. That vote coming from Dylan Sin of the Journal Gazette in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's my home state. They look to keep the train moving. They have an off week this week, and then next week is their first Sun Belt game coming up against Arkansas State. And again, that is going to be another nationally televised game on ESPN2. It's going to be at noon on October 3rd. So everyone here in Teal Nation is looking forward to getting some national recognition once again. 
The Coastal women's soccer team also got back to the field after their season opening game against Georgia Southern was postponed last Thursday, and they didn't skip a beat. A 4-2 win over Georgia State on Sunday afternoon. The Chanticleers were down early. The Panthers scored just six minutes into the match, but Coastal was waiting to explode. Lorena Austin answered back in the 12th minute with a goal off an assist from Megan Browse. 87 seconds later, Coastal would take the lead with the freshman Alicia Hansen scoring her first collegiate goal from the preseason All-Sunbelt team member Sonny Segurvin's daughter. A few minutes later, Segurvin's daughter found Megan Browse for her first goal of the season and to finish off an explosive half, Mackenzie Cherry would cap it off with an unassisted goal to make the score 4-1. to one. Shauna Clears would roll on from there. They start the season 1-0, and oh, a big weekend of home games coming up that we'll get to a little later. I had a good conversation earlier this week with Carrie Rosick, the Associate Athletic Director and Senior Woman Administrator here in the Chanticleer Athletic Department. We talked about how the Sun Belt and Coastal Carolina are encouraging their student-athletes to be more involved in the voting process this year and other programs that have taken Coastal athletes off the field and into the community. So here's that interview with Carrie Rosick. All right, Carrie, thanks for joining us here on the Shant Pod. Uh, your job here in the athletic department, senior woman administrator and associate athletic director. Let's just start this interview off by telling the people what you do on a daily basis and what your job kind of looks like. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I am heavily involved with our female athletics side of the house, um, including uh, men's and women's track and cross country. And uh, also I am... Um, the, the Title IX liaison as far as gender equity is concerned, as well as I am the advisor for our Student Athlete Advisory Committee. So you played softball here in the late 90s. Um, how has the role of a student athlete changed in many different ways from when you were playing here to what it looks like in 2020? Um, I think the large part of that has to do with time management um, and the need to be on the field uh, more so now than, than in the 90s. Um, obviously, the access we have to student athletes now uh, permits us to uh, have them here almost year round. And um, that wasn't the case back then. So um, that, that is a big difference in, in where we are as an athletic department now as to where we were then from a student athlete perspective. So as far as a community outreach standpoint, how has that aspect changed from when you were a student athlete here to now? Well, obviously now uh, we have partnered with um, several organizations, uh, one being Miracle League, uh, which many of our student athletes participate hands-on with them. Um, also, we deal with United Way of Horry County. We have been doing a a program called Caring for Kindergartners for upwards of 20 years uh, where our student athletes go into a kindergarten class, read a book, and heavily engage in kindergarten age students. Now 2020 has been a hectic year. Uh, I'm sure it has been for many athletic departments across the country, but uh, it is also an election year and the Sun Belt and Coastal Carolina are getting involved um, and getting their athletes more involved. How exactly are they doing that during this election year? So the Sun Belt um, partnered with Secure the Ballot, um, something that we were looking at earlier on in the summer. Um, and that is a website that basically enhances the student athlete voting experience. Um, and they do so by providing educational opportunities uh, online, obviously, um, as well as pushing student athletes to exercise their voice and vote and making it easier for them to register or even request an absentee ballot. 
Now, Coastal Carolina partnered with Secure the Ballot before the Sun Belt as a whole came out with that partnership. But before that, Joe Moglia in 2016 took his entire football team to go vote in that election. Why has voting been such a, a stressed topic in this athletic department? Well, we have several student athletes with diverse backgrounds, and obviously um, those individuals want their voices to be heard and they're eager for change. Um, so this was a topic that our Student Athlete Advisory Council um, took the lead on and are happily um, making their way in posting and and speaking about this and, and trying to engage other students as well as our community to register to vote. With a lot of our community outreach programs, a lot of them are in person and obviously this year not able to do that. So how have you and the rest of the athletic department had to adapt uh, to doing maybe things uh, virtually as far as a community outreach standpoint? So we have leaned more heavily on the internet, obviously Zoom technologies that allow us to reach people through um, through the internet rather than being hands-on. Um, we have done and ha we have completed a few projects that uh, we have been on site. However, we ensure that social distancing is applied and, and we're obviously wearing our, our face masks. We've been in the Sun Belt now a few years. Has there been a program at a different school that maybe you've looked at and said, oh, we need to be doing that over a coastal or maybe vice versa where somebody's looking at us and kind of working their community outreach program off of something that we do? Yeah, so Texas Arlington really leads the way in the Sun Belt when it comes to student athlete enhancement. And uh, they have always been on on top of the game and um, actually they they lead the country in a lot of their initiatives and so uh, we look to them for a lot of leadership and um, it's it's a great time when we're all able to get together and share our our ideas you've mentioned student athletes getting out in the community and really making a difference what lessons do you think coastal student athletes are, are learning from their experiences by doing that well obviously there's seeing firsthand just how much they're giving back. I think when they get into the classrooms, they get into the community, they're seeing uh, more teal, they're seeing fan engagement. And um, whether they're a football student athlete or a volleyball student athlete or a cheerleader or a dance member, um, they're all seeing that they're being impactful whenever they're making those type of choices within our community. With the Secure the Ballot partnership, what would make you look back and say, this is working, this is something that uh, this is a venture that's been successful for Coastal. Well, I, I definitely can say that I'm already seeing that. Um, we're just by hearing the conversations. They're striking the conversation. They're engaged. They're excited about it. Uh, so I, I truly believe that this was an initiative that hit a home run. Carrie, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I want to thank Carrie again for taking the time to come and join us here on the Shant Pod. It's really cool to talk about athletes making an impact not only on the field but also in the community and really making a difference. So great to talk to Carrie about that. And we thank her once again. Big weekend for women's soccer. They have two home games on Friday and Sunday for the home opening weekend after that first match slated for September 17th versus Georgia Southern was postponed. Friday against South Alabama starts at 7 p.m. And Sunday against Troy will start at 1 South Alabama, the defending Sunbelt champions right now on the season, they're 1-1, one one, an overtime loss to Louisiana in their first game, and they beat Troy in double overtime in their second game just this past Sunday. The Jaguars were picked first in the conference to repeat their Sunbelt championship in the preseason polls, and they're led by preseason Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year, Tilly Wilkes, who was a first-team All-Sunbelt member a season ago. So South Alabama 
looks to come to Coastal and disrupt that 1-0 start. Looking at that Sunday matchup against Troy, the Trojans are 0-1 with that one loss coming from South Alabama. Now, they were picked second in the preseason Sunbelt poll. They had one player on the preseason all-conference team in Katie Eubanks, a junior defender who was also first-team all-Sunbelt last year. So a couple tough matchups against the preseason number one and number two teams for Coastal Women's Soccer this weekend. And just recently announced, Mackenzie Cherry, the junior defender for the Chanticleers, has just been awarded the Sunbelt Conference Defensive Player of the Week. She played all 90 minutes against Georgia State on Sunday, even got that goal that I mentioned earlier. So it'll be exciting to see what she and that back line can do of defenders for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers against two very tough teams this upcoming weekend. Men and women's cross country also get their season started, their first meet of the year, the Gata Classic, Georgia Southern is going to be hosting and the Chanticleer star runner Adrian Wildshut he was named to the preseason runners to watch list last year he finished second overall in the Sunbelt Championship meet so he'll be exciting to watch on Friday for the Gata Classic so that'll be it for this week's Shump Pod. I want to thank Carrie Rosick again for coming on and talking about how our athletes are making a difference in the community because we are certainly proud of that here at Coastal Carolina. You can find us here every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is Sam Wiederhaft saying have a great day, everybody, and go Shants.